You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenchurch.com. Um, you know, cause you know, sometimes you get in the, in the, you get kind of in the routine of stuff. And, uh, and I was kind of like, ah, oh, I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm like in the routine of preaching. Right. Um, and, uh, and I was getting a little bit nervous and the Holy Spirit just reminded me so beautiful. He said, Vince, this is not about you. This is not about you. And the burden just started to lift and I just, and, and the Holy Spirit began to speak. And I think this is really important to remember that it's not about us. It's not about us. When you step out, right, Scott? When you step out and you begin to pray over somebody that, that, a, that a dark and, de- and, and demonic thing might leave, it's not about you. When you, when you, when you see someone that's, that their body is riddled with cancer and you go and you take authority over that thing and you cast that cancer out of their body and you're like, I don't know if it's going to work. Guess what? It's not about you. It's not about you. When you're putting your, your talents and your gifts to the kingdom of heaven, it's not about you. It's about Jesus. And when we remember that, when we remember that, this thing becomes a whole lot easier. It's not about us. And I'm thankful. I'm thankful for that. So I'm like, okay, Jesus, this is on you. And he's like, okay, book of Mark, chapter 10. I'm like, okay, what part? He's like, all of it. I'm like, uh, no, no, like what verse? He's like, yeah, the whole chapter. I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. So we're going we're gonna to walk through the entire chapter of Mark chapter 10. Don't worry, we won't read it all. I'll try to be quick, as, I, as quick as I can. But uh, the, the reality is, is that, um, you know, Mark is... You know, all the Gospels are pretty remarkable. John might be my favorite. But Mark, if I'm honest, I had like a, like a eh, it's just Mark kind of attitude. <laughs> it's like, eh, it's Mark, it's whatever, you know. But as I really dug into Mark chapter 10, I saw something, are you ready for this? Remarkable. <laughs> Did you get that, Roger? You get that? Remarkable. Did you get it? Just want to make sure you get that, Claire, you got it? Remarkable. <laughs> it's funny. Okay. <laughs> so Mark chapter 10, he's, it starts with Jesus leaving Capernaum. And Capernaum is uh, beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. Sea of Galilee is amazing. I had an opportunity to swim in the Sea of Galilee. It was epic. It was so cool. Capernaum is a little bit like, I don't know, like black, like black stone, and it's hot, and it's uncomfortable, but, but, but it is beautiful, and, and, and Jesus is leaving Capernaum, and he's on his way to Jerusalem. Jerusalem, man, I was so shocked at how beautiful Jerusalem was. Like, it is, it's like, it's up a little bit higher, it's up above the humidity, it feels like, you know, California all the time, you know, or, or like Salt Lake City on a fall day, you know? Like, it's just, it's just really nice. He's on his way from Capernaum to, to Jerusalem, and he shows us some things along the path. First thing that happens uh, is he, he meets some Pharisees. Good old Pharisees. You know what I like about the Pharisees? 
nothing. I like nothing. For real, they're just like stiff boards of religion. And it's frustrating because nobody in the time had memorized the, the, the words of God more than the Pharisees, and yet they couldn't even see him as he stood right in front of them. And they come and they try to trap him with a question. Let me just tell you, I know some Christians that walk around and they're like, oh, you're a Christian, cool. And then they'll like start asking some questions. So what about predestination? What about, you know, blah, what about this? What about that? And they're really just trying to get you to like say something that's not theologically sound so that they can make themselves feel better. I just want to tell you, if you find yourself doing that, go ahead and slap yourself in the face. <laughs> Repent. And get back in the word of God for yourself, okay? So Jesus, he pretty much just says, hey, listen. He answers the question. He talks about divorce. He explains, like, hey, you shouldn't do it. And then he explains, he says, listen, you, you have hard hearts. Your hearts are hard. Now, it's important to realize that it's through our hearts that we hear Jesus. It's through our hearts that we hear his voice, right? When we read his word and when we, when we listen to the spirit of God, he, he speaks to us in our heart. And so if our heart is hard, then we can't hear him, that we can't listen to him. We won't hear his voice clearly. And that's why he's saying, you guys, you're, you're so like hard. You're just these religious, stiff boards, and you don't even see me as I'm standing right in front of you. God with skin on is here, and you're testing his theology. This is God. God is standing in front, and well, let's test his theology. It's stupid. Hard hearts. Then you've got the, then you've got the second thing that happens, and it's, it's the, ch the children. Oh, I love, I love kids. Give it up for Brindley and the Kids Church. Let's go. Let's go. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I was a church rat. I was all over church all the time as a kid. My kids were just, you know, my, my parents were just like, you're just at church all the time. I'm pretty sure there's like, I don't know, maybe they went out to like go get dinner and I was just at church. You know what? Growing up in church, even though in high school and stuff, I, I, I went my own way, and what, I knew who Jesus was, and I came running back to him when I was 21 years old. And I will do whatever it takes to make sure that my kids are around church, are in kids' church, are listening to biblical principles and biblical ideas. I will do whatever it takes. And so these parents, they see Jesus, and they're like, yeah, i got to do whatever it takes because Jesus is here. And so here, let's, and the disciples, they scold the parents. Whew. Jesus is too busy for the kids. He's too busy for you kids. Like, get him out of here. He's got bigger, this is, this is adult stuff. And Jesus gets angry at the disciples. Because Jesus understands something, and he even tells them, he says, listen, listen, listen. Pharisees, hard hearts, stubborn, stupid, religious, old, crusty. <laughs> listen, you can be old and not crusty. 
Then you got kids, soft, tender, full of faith. He says, if you're not like a child, you can't have my kingdom. Why are you being all weird trying to, no, no, no. You got the contrast, kids, Pharisees, got it? All right. Soft hearts, hard hearts. Then we go to verse 17. This is what we're going to put up on the screen. This is the rich, young ruler. Mark chapter 10, verse 17. As Jesus was starting on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running up and knelt down and asked, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus asked. Only God is truly good. He's testing him. He's like, oh, you you call me good. Do you actually know who I am? Do you know who I am? But to answer your question, you must know the, you know the commandments. You must not murder, commit adultery, steal. You must not lie. You must not cheat. Honor your father and your mother. In verse 20, he says, teacher, the man replied, I've obeyed all those commandments since I was young. Okay, good for you. <laughs> Corey, I haven't, just so you know. I know Aaron probably has, but, dude, I haven't. (laughs) Aaron says, (laughs) (laughs) Looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. I want to read that one more time. Looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Mm, I love that, what you shared, Pastor Loren. We got to tell people about how much Jesus loves them. There's still one thing you haven't done, he told him. Go and sell your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then follow me. At this, the man's face fell, and he went away sad, for he had many possessions. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? This amazed them. It amazed me. I was like, what? Wait, what? (laughs) This amazed them. But Jesus said again, dear children, it's very hard to enter the kingdom of God. In fact... It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And all the anti-prosperity gospel Christians said, amen. (laughs) (laughs) Told you. (laughs) See? (laughs) See, Jess, you can't have them both. You want to drive a Bentley? Well, I can't be saved then. <laughs> oh, you want to have a second house on the beach? Sorry. Can't. It's right here. Jesus wants you poor, suffering, trying to find a little bit of ramen under the couch, just a little bit to get me by, <laughs> suffering for Jesus. Holy, holy, holy. (laughs) Might get uncomfortable here. (laughs) 
You should probably keep reading. <laughs> Verse 26, the disciples were astounded. They're like, wait, what? <laughs> then who in the world can be saved? <laughs> That's a good question. What are we doing here then? <laughs> I could have, what? <laughs> okay. Jesus looked at them intently. <laughs> it's my best Pastor Colin impression. You look at him, you look at him, and he's like, you know, he's an attractive guy, pretty, like, normal looking. And then you're like, how did, your eyebrows got huge. They're covering your entire face, and you're still looking right into my heart. <laughs> if you don't know Colin, you're going to meet him. He's awesome. Jesus looked at him intently. <laughs> Humanly speaking, it's impossible. But not with God. Ooh, I love that. Oh. It's so important, by the way, when we find ourselves in an impossible situation that we remember, but not with God. <clears throat> Everything is possible with God. Then Peter began to speak up. We've given everything to follow you. Gold star? What do we get? Now what? Verse 29, yes, Jesus replied. And I assure you that anyone who has given up house or brother or sister or mother or father, children or property for my sake and for the good news will receive now? Will receive now? When? will receive in eternity 100 no will receive now in this life a hundred times as many houses brothers sisters mothers children property Wait a minute. Wants us to be poor? Says we could be rich? Which one is it? Is he going to give me a hundred times more? There's some tension. Do you feel the tension? There's some tension in the Bible. Have you noticed that? If you remove one side of the tent, it falls down. When you got two camps on a theological issue... There's tension there. You know why? Because they're supposed to be. And if you try to take one out, it falls. So what is Jesus trying to communicate? He's trying to say, listen, you can't have, you can't serve God and manna. You can't have God be your God and have money be your God. That's what he's trying to communicate. 
He's saying, but if you will serve me, and the evidence of the fact that you will serve me means that you will actually be able to lay that thing down, that you'll be able to let it go. Once you, I can let it go, that shows what? That God is God, not the thing. And then once you, that's when all of a sudden God says, ah, I can get it through him, so I'm going to get it to him. I can get it through him, and so I'm going to get it to him. We get in a lot of trouble when we stop the cycle. The rich young ruler stopped the cycle. And Jesus knew his heart, so he knew, okay, you, you are, you're, you're, you're your own ruler. You serve your money. You, you can't serve me because you don't see me as king. You don't see me as king. You're the king. You're the rich young ruler. And so he's coming to Jesus saying, hey, so I kind of got everything figured out, if you haven't noticed. I'm righteous. <laughs> I'm rich. But I want to make double sure <laughs> that I'm good to go. I need some fire insurance. Listen, if you come to church for fire insurance, you're doing it wrong. We got a whole country full of people that use church simply as a get-out-of-jail-free card. God's fed up with it. God's fed up with it. And then he says, along with persecution. Somebody was sitting here, is he going to read the persecution part? He's going to skip that, isn't he? He's going to skip that? <laughs> Oh, I see how it is. He's going to talk about all the wealth, and then he's going to skip that persecution part. Oh, typical preacher. <laughs> he says, along with persecution. Why did he add that, Mark, you big jerk? <laughs> Never mind. Here's the thing. What Jesus is communicating is he's saying, listen, what kingdom are you building? Here's the reality. Every single one of us are kingdom builders. The question is, what kingdom are you building? Are you building your kingdom? Are you building the enemy's kingdom? Or are you building God's kingdom? When you submit to Jesus as your king, you step into a space where now you're under kingdom. And when you're under kingdom, God's hand is on you. And you understand, I don't need to hold on so tightly to what I have. I can actually release it. Now there's a flow that's taking place. And, and, and this flies in the face of the kingdom builders of the world. It flies in the face of the kingdom builders of the world. I, I, I talked to my CPA, and he's like, uh, you, you, you give a lot of money away. <laughs> like, you give a lot of money away. Why do you do that? <laughs> you, should, you should maybe not give all, like, I can teach you other ways to not get taxed on that if you want. Like, you don't have to give it all away. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. I operate in kingdom. I operate in kingdom. I understand that 
God is my king. And I understand the way the kingdom of heaven works is if I get it out, if I let it go, if I put it down, then it's going to come back a hundredfold. I... But you're flying in the face of culture, and culture doesn't like it. And so guess what? You're going to have persecution. You're going to have persecution. There are going to be people who are going, hey, you can't do that. Stop it, stop it, stop it. That doesn't make any sense. Why are you, wait, wait. You know why? I'm just, ooh. We would probably, this part we might want to take out of the podcast. <laughs> Listen, very legally, very legally, I do everything I can to pay the least amount of taxes as possible. Why do I do that? Because I don't want to fund the evil agenda. I don't want to fund murdering innocent babies. I don't want to fund teaching my kids all screwed up the ideas around sex and identity. I don't want to do it. I'm all for paving my roads and making playgrounds, and you can have that money, but I'm telling you what, I will not fund the evil dark agenda, and I will fund the king of heaven's armies. I will fund the kingdom of heaven. All right. Listen, it's a whole section of scripture. I mean, it's not like I just made it up. It's in the Bible. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's get, let's get going here. I got to skip some stuff. Right after this, Jesus, in verse 32, they're on their way up to Jerusalem, and uh, he starts talking about how he's going to, he starts predicting his death. It's the third time that he starts talking about how he's going to die, that he's going to let his life go, and he's gonna, that he's going to get beaten and bruised, and he's going to be murdered he's gonna he's gonna die and the disciples are not understanding what he's talking about they're like he must be talking like in a weird riddle he's like actually i'm just telling you exactly what's gonna happen like i couldn't be more clear <laughs> but they're like that doesn't really make sense so i mean obviously you're like gonna be the new king of israel and you're gonna overflow the overthrow the romans and like you're our you're our savior right our, our little savior. They didn't understand this idea that he was actually the savior of the world yet. They weren't putting it all together. And so, and, and so he's talking about dying and they just like don't even, they just like Poof. And then they go on to ask, hey, so can, when you sit at your throne, can, can we, can, is it okay if like, we have a favor to ask, can we be like, at your right hand? Like, can we be, like, right next? We want to reign with you. That would be awesome. And Jesus is like, oh, you idiots. <laughs> you freaking dummies. Isn't it funny that the people that walked with Jesus closer than anybody else, I mean, this is James and John. John the beloved. John. And he's like, oh, what? <laughs> if we don't see Jesus through the right lens, 
then we don't understand his heart. We won't see things the way that he sees things. And, and we're going to be walking through this life going, Ooh, what? Did I ever say what my title was? No. Oh, yeah. The way to see heaven. The way to see heaven. From Capernaum to Jerusalem, Jesus walks this thing out and he's trying to help his people see how to see heaven. He's trying to show them, you can't have a hard heart. I speak to you through your heart and if your heart is calloused and hurting and wounded and bitter, then I can't speak to you. You can't, you can't, you can't see heaven if, if you don't see Jesus through the right lens. All right, I gotta hurry. He wasn't a political figure, church. All right. Verse 46. Then they reached Jericho, and as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd followed him. A blind beggar by the name of Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting along the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. The Pharisees couldn't see him. The disciples were having a hard time seeing him. But here, on the outskirts of a nasty, nasty place called Jericho. If you ever have a chance to go to Israel, or if you've been to Israel, you probably know, just skip Jericho. <laughs> the outskirts of Jericho said a blind man. His name? Bartimaeus, which meant son of Timaeus. I was studying up on this a little bit. And some scholars believe that this Bartimaeus, he's actually communicating that he's a center, second generation blind guy. In this culture, you weren't living a good life if you were blind. You weren't accepted. You had no way of making money, having resource. All you could do is sit by the side of the road and hope to get a couple coins and charity. And it's not just that he was blind, but his father was blind. That's like double blind. It's like a double dose of it. It's like, oh, it's one thing to be poor, but when you come from a poor family and now you're poor, it's just this generational kind of curse. All these people from Capernaum to Jericho couldn't see heaven. Heaven was right in front of them. God with skin on stepped out of heaven to show himself and they didn't recognize him. But this man, blind Bartimaeus, could see Jesus. He could see Jesus. 
And so when he heard that Jesus was coming, he said, here we go. I might not be able to see my hand in front of my face. I might not be able to see the trees. I might not be able to see the person next to me, but I can see that Jesus is coming. I can see that something's about to change. I can see that the king is here. Jesus, son of David, that phrase right there, Bartimaeus was locating Jesus. He didn't say, Jesus, you, you teacher guy, you rabbi. He said, the son of David, the beloved king, the king of Israel, that Jesus came from, the line of David, the tribe of Judah, to come and redeem mankind. Blind Bartimaeus could see who Jesus really was. But the people said, Siéntate. Gallete. For our, hopefully that was okay. I think I said sit down and shut up. I don't know. It's what I learned in Spanish class. Gives you an idea of good of a student I was. Vicente, gallete, te voy a pegar. Be quiet. If we get too busy doing our own thing, you know what I'm saying? Going through the motions, calling it walking with Jesus, but we're actually not even seeing what he's doing. Church, let's not be that church. I think that's what what sets Awakened Church apart. They said, shh, be quiet. But he didn't be quiet. He shouted all the louder. He shouted all the louder. He shouted all the louder. Church, if somebody tries to silence your voice, you shout all the louder. If they try to say, no, 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 you can't talk. You can't go in that space. Stay out of politics. We'll shout all the louder. If they say, no, you can't say that thing. We're going to shout all the louder. I'm going to shout the truth of heaven as loud as I can. And when Jesus heard him, he stopped. When Jesus heard this blind man shouting, he stopped. Blind Bartimaeus made the king of the universe stop in his tracks. Why? Because he heard somebody. He heard someone that understood who he was. He heard someone that had faith that he was who he said that he was. He heard someone that was shouting out with expectation. And I'm telling you, church, when we cry out to God, that's how we do it. We say, Jesus, you're the king. I submit my life to you heaven will stop and act on our behalf. It wasn't his blindness or his poorness that stopped him. When Jesus heard him crying out, he located who he was and he said, that 
is someone I can work with. Finally, in the outskirts of Jericho, I see a blind man who can see, and he stopped in his tracks. Verse 49, and then he said, tell him to come here. So they called the blind man. Cheer up, they said. Come on, he's calling you. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up, and came to Jesus. Blind Bartimaeus had a coat. The coat was given to was given to him by the government. It gave him permission to sit on that corner, to sit on that street and ask for money. It was his provision. It was his identity. It was his 600 bucks a month. But when he heard Jesus at the word of God, when he said, hey, come here, he threw off the coat. He threw off the coat. He says, I don't need that false provision, that false covering. I don't need that thing anymore. That thing that says I'm a victim. That thing that says I'll never make it. That thing that thing that says I'm not good enough. That thing that says that I need a handout, that I'm a victim. He threw it off. He says, I don't need it anymore. Now listen, he was still blind. He was still blind. God didn't heal his sight yet. His circumstance hadn't changed yet. He still couldn't see. But he saw that the king of heaven's armies was in front of him, and he was like, I'll throw this thing to the curb because I trust that God will provide for me. Let me just say, if you're holding on to an old coat... Burn that thing. And don't put it on the hook for later. Burn that bad boy. You know what I found about my coat, Pastor Matt? I burned that thing, and every now and then it comes back. I thought I burned that thing. That's why I go to men's prayer every Tuesday. That's why I wake my butt up at 5 o'clock in the morning get over here at 5.30 and I pray and I get around men that believe in me. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked. My rabbi, the blind man said, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, go, for your faith has healed you. And instantly the man could see and he followed Jesus down the road. I got less than one minute. I just want you to pick up this one thing. He said, go. Jesus healed this man. He said, go. He said, you're free. Go wherever you want. He didn't say to follow him. He told the rich man to follow him. He didn't tell the blind man to follow him. He just said, go. What? Dude, if, I'm just saying, if I was Bartimaeus, I'm like going to my, I'm going to find my dad. I'm like, dad, I can see. Let me explain to you all the cool stuff. Like I'm looking, I'm like, oh my gosh, I thought that looked way different than that. That's crazy, right? <laughs> he says, go, you're free. Go do whatever it is that you want to do. And the Bible says 
that he follows Jesus on the way. He follows Jesus on the way. Listen, church. We don't talk about getting here to, every single Sunday and, and planning vacation around Sundays and coming on Tuesdays or Thursdays or Wednesdays for no reason. We do it because we understand that when we get alignment with God, when we get around fellowship and believers, when we hear God, that something can change. But you need to understand that you're free to go wherever you want and do whatever you want. But just like blind Bartimaeus, in his freedom, said, no, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to do that thing. I'm going to show up. I'm going to be there because I understand that Jesus is my king, that he's my provider, that he's my healer, that he's my all right a couple things before we head out I'll go for a hike I'll go see some leaves it's going to be great maybe you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your king. Maybe you're like the rich young ruler who you see that there might be some something there, but you're like, I don't know if it's actually worth me submitting everything. I don't know if I can really like let go of my life because I'm the ruler and that's be scary. It's a trust issue. Let me just tell you that Jesus loves you, that he's for you, he's a good father. A king is only a good thing if the king is a good king, and our king is a good king. But if you're here this morning and you need to give your life to Jesus, maybe for the first time or rededicate, I wanna give you that opportunity. Because this is the way to see heaven. This is the way to see heaven. If, you have a, if, you, if you're looking at your life and you're like, it doesn't look like heaven, well first, you gotta be in alignment. You gotta be in his kingdom. You've gotta submit to him as your king. God stepped out of heaven and paid the ultimate price so that you and I could have relationship with him. So his blood was poured out to give you forgiveness and victory so that you no longer have to earn, you no longer have to try to make sure that your good things outweigh your bad. He shattered it. He says, no, I don't care about that. I'm gonna save you. I paid for you. I'm gonna give you freedom. I'm gonna give you freedom. Freedom from religion. Freedom from sin. And if you're here this morning, you say, I need, I need that. On the count of three, no one's looking around. On the count of three, I just want you to put your hand up. I'll tell you what. As a little eight-year-old kid, I gave my life to Jesus. It was real. It was real. Then down the road, poof, things got a little bit real. <laughs> and on a Sunday morning about 14 years ago, I rededicated my life, transformed me. So if you want to dedicate your life to Jesus for the first time or maybe rededicate, I want to give you that opportunity on the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. Just put your hand up in the air. I see your hand. Come on. I see your hand. Praise God. I see your hand. Come on, man. So proud of you. Is there anybody else? I'll wait just another second. Come on. 
You can put your hands down if I saw you. I just feel like there might be one more. Come on. Praise God. Praise God. So good. Let's pray this all together. This is just a moment between you and God. Say, Jesus, thank you for paying the price for my sin. I accept you as my Lord, my Savior, my King. And I'm going to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Come on, give it up. Hey, listen, if you raised your hand, or maybe you didn't raise a hand, but you knew that was you, I want you to see Ted right here. Ted and his team, they just want to give you a gift. They want to give you a Bible. They want to give you a book called Following Jesus. Uh, and uh, don't worry, they're not going to, like, pull you into some, you know, back room. Well, they actually are going to pull you into a back room. <laughs> but we're not going to sell anything to you. We just, want to, we just want to talk with you. That's it. We just want to talk to you. Make sure, because here's the thing, this is just the beginning. This is just the beginning. If you come and you raise your hand and you accept Christ and then you leave and you don't get connected, you don't get established, man, you're doing it alone and it's not meant to do, you're not meant to do it alone. So we want to make sure that you uh, meet Ted and meet his team and get connected. And then lastly, if you're like me, if you're like me, I'm telling you, as I'm reading this message, I'm like, Holy Spirit, <laughs> if you're like me and you say, you know what? Maybe I've been going through the motions. I haven't seen heaven in my life the way that I feel like I should. Maybe there's an old coat that you're holding on to. Maybe your heart is calloused and hurt and, 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 and you've, been, you've been beat up and you're not hearing God. I just wanna give a moment for you to respond and for me to pray and then I'm gonna dismiss and our ministry team is gonna come up and I know I'm a little bit over so I wanna be sensitive to that. But if that's you, if you'd be so brave just to stand up to say yeah, my heart's gotten a little hard. I haven't been hearing him quite right. I haven't been seeing some areas of heaven. Come on, just go ahead, stand up. I know, there it is. Come on. I'm telling you, the pastor's standing. I'm already standing, but I would be standing. Put your hands toward heaven. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you, Jesus. Right now, I pray that you would heal hearts. Lord, those hard hearts that have been beat up and, and broken by the world, by circumstance. Lord, I pray that you would reach in and that you would breathe life, that you would take away that hard heart and that you would make it tender, sensitive to your voice. I thank you, Jesus. Heal it in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for those who might be just struggling to take off that old identity, to, to, to take off that old thing. Lord, I pray right now that you would instill in them a, a new identity of who they are in you, Jesus. And I thank you for it. I thank you, Jesus. And everybody said, amen and amen. Come on, let's go. Give it up for Jesus. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.